Welcome to the North Lakes Podcast. In this episode, we will talk to nurse practitioner and medical services manager Angela Lunn about a new program starting here at North Lakes, Sensory Friendly Vaccination Clinics. I'm today's host, Jeremy Oswald. Let's talk to Angela. Great. So my name is Angela Lund. I am the medical program manager here at North Lakes. I help manage all seven medical clinics here. Um, I help with workflows. I help with onboarding new staff. I also am a family nurse practitioner, so I do see patients as well. And I, I'm guessing, I think it was just one day a week you do that? or I do for sure one day a week, and I do fill in at other locations when needed. So it's random. Sometimes it's two days a week. Sometimes it's three days a week, depending on where providers are needed. You will pinch hit everywhere. Yes, I do. (laughs) Tell me a little bit, if you don't mind, about how you got into this line of work. Yeah. So I come from a family of health professionals. My mom is a nurse. Um, My great grandma was actually a midwife in the early 1900s. So she delivered a lot of babies um, throughout her whole life. And then it kind of just trickled into the genetics, I like to say. My sister is also a nurse. Um, So I always knew I wanted to go into healthcare and be a nurse. One thing I also knew is that I wanted to do more than just nursing. Um, I wanted to help people on a different level than just nursing. So I knew I was either going to go back and become a nurse practitioner or like a master's in education. But looking at all the routes, I decided the nurse practitioner was my 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 goal, my route, my passion. So, and I kind of know this, but like, what's what's the difference between a nurse practitioner, a nurse, and a doctor? Or can you break that down just a little bit? Yeah. So, a nurse practitioner is actually a master's degree in nursing. So, most well, actually, all of the nurses have to have a four year degree to go on to be a nurse practitioner. So, after you've received your four year degree, you go on to do a master's program for another two years to be a nurse practitioner. Um, doctors are way more are smart and go to school a lot longer than we do. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, they, you're talking to a guy that like does this for a living. So <laughs> on the smart level, you're definitely winning, winning in this room. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> oh, so yeah. Um, but yeah, doctors are obviously go to school more and a lot more, but we use them as great mentors for us. So I appreciate all the doctors that I work with and that are in our community. So, well, and I appreciate you breaking it down a little bit because I know there are, you know, in the world that you work in, it's a, there's a difference. And for people like me that don't know anything about it, that's super helpful. So thanks. Yeah, not a problem. Um, today we wanted to talk about, um, sensory friendly vaccinations. Yeah. Is that a good way to phrase it? That is a great way to phrase it. All right. What is it? So a sensory friendly vaccination clinic is what we are calling them is a process that our staff or staff um, is aware of the needs of children or young adults that might be afraid of different types of sensory issues. So they might be afraid of the needles. They might be afraid of the clinic. So we are developing a space where the patient feels safe. Um, We have tools that we use to distract the patient from the process of the vaccine. Um, We have a bunch of other tools that like canceling headphones and things like that to help distract the patient to help also to help desensitize them so that they're not so overexcited about what is to come with that vaccination. So, uh, some people have, they come in and they're, it's a, it's a different experience than maybe I'll say me that I 
don't go in like the buzzing of lights or weird noises or whoever isn't going to necessarily bother me. But for some people, that uh, makes a real hardship for when they come to any appointment, I would guess. Yeah, correct. Um, for some kids with sensory disorders and sensory processing issues or even just phobias of needles or just the doctor, going to the clinic is a very overstimulating process for them. They are unsure of what's going to happen because if you look at it, sometimes not every clinic or every appointment has vaccines or shots at it. So the patient might go in not knowing what's happening. So they have that fear. Um, The lights, the buzzing, just all of the commotion can overstimulate some of these patients. And so our goal is to decrease that stimulation and make them more comfortable and distractions of these, of the situation, like of the vaccine that's coming through. So the goal is to make for a, I want to say a pleasant experience because hopefully it's pleasant, but I guess a bigger one would be to like make it a, um, not a terrible, (laughs) how would you phrase it? Like just to like, make sure that like coming to the clinic isn't bad. Correct. We want to make it almost like a fun environment because the tools that we use, kids find exciting and find fun and help with distractions. So we would like it to make it as pleasurable and as peaceful as possible for the patient. So they know that coming to the doctor isn't always a bad thing and that we are willing and able to help them with their fears. Well, to know, like I... to know that somebody cares about what they're feeling. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's step one, right? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, And um, you talk a little bit about, uh, well, here's my first question about it. I've got a lot, Angela. Perfect. You know, I think we, <laughs> but uh, so let's see, to get started, um, is there an age range for this or is it everybody and anybody or who, who are you, who are we talking about? Yeah. So our sensory vaccine clinics are geared towards the pediatric and adolescent early teen type of patient. But what our goal is to is make all of our staff aware of this and that we can use these skills on any patient that might have a fear of vaccines. So we're starting out a little bit small, but our goal is to hopefully go to a, to the whole population that we see. Right. And um, is there a certain diagnoses that um, you kind of would watch out for or maybe who are a little bit more sensitive about coming to a clinic? Yeah. One of the ones that we look at is patients that have autism. So we have partnered with the Autism Society of the northern part of Wisconsin here to help support us in this vaccine clinic. Um, So that is their number one diagnosis or number one illness that we're looking for a patient. Um, And then with talking to that, that the Autism Society, we have learned to kind of expand that to anybody that has a phobia or a fear of something within the clinic. So that can just be a fear of needles. That can be a fear of just like white coat syndrome, just a fear of the clinic in oh, general. Oh, I got I don't know what that is. Yeah. What's, so what's white coat syndrome? So white coat syndrome is a situation where you might not be nervous outside of the clinic, but as soon as you come into the clinic and see that provider, you get really anxious and really nervous. Mm. And so sometimes the pulse increases, sometimes the blood pressure increases. So we take that into consideration when seeing patients because 
we consider doctors as having white coats. So that's where they got the name of the white coat syndrome. So that whole experience can increase your pulse, make you a little anxious, increase your blood pressure. So knowing that a patient has this, we can kind of prep for that and kind of know those signs and symptoms before they get in. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Uh, you have um, a whole, it was kind of neat. You brought in this bag of all the stuff. Yeah. They're kind of like the tools that you would use. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to describe some of them? Yeah. What so, did you bring? It's, it's, it's like, I'm sorry, you can't see this, but it's like this. <laughs> Whole cool bag. It looks like it was provided by the Autism Society and it has all these tools to act as. Well, you go ahead. I got uh, There you go. Perfect. Set it up. Here's the pitch. Yeah. So, like um, Jeremy said, we have all of these tools from the Autism Society. We are so grateful that they were able to give these things to us. Um, but the kits include several different options. So, there's a bunch of fidgets. So, there's a spinner fidget. Um, there is a texture fidget. There is a squish ball fidget. So, the child can use these or the um, patient can use these while the vaccine is being administered prior to the vaccine, after the vaccine to kind of help calm that fidgetness that they have during the vaccination. We also have noise canceling headphones. So this allows the patient to put these on and not hear the talking that's going on between the staff or the staff and the parent um, kind of gives them that comfort zone of not knowing what's going on. It also has sunglasses. So some kids might feel like wearing sunglasses. They have superpowers. So the sunglasses are put on to help. I'm wearing sunglasses right now. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Give yourself a superhero name, Jeremy. Uh, I used to go by JFRO. Oh, there you go. So there it is. Perfect. Awesome. Um, We also have what we call buzzing bees. So these are a great tool and it actually is a little bee that we put on the arm that we hit a button and it actually buzzes and vibrates. And so what that does is kind of distracts the child or the teen from the actual injection itself. So it kind of puts some emphasis on something else. So they're not waiting for that injection. They feel the buzzing. They don't feel the injection. And so by the time they realize what's happening, it's usually already said and done. Um, We also have ice packs to allow to um, make the area of the injection a little bit cooler for the patient so that they don't feel it kind of numbs the area. Um, We also have band-aids so that they can see what the band-aid looks like because some kids are afraid of band-aids because of just them sticking to the patient and then the fear of taking it off because sometimes those do hurt as well. So we have all those tools here in our great kit. Um, We use them with every sensory vaccine that we do. So they are available in um, our clinics. It's, it's a neat batch of things. Um, And I'm kind of looking them over and I don't know, like uh, I know like at my desk, I don't know if you have this, like I have like tons of just little things Mm -hmm. I play with. Sometimes it's just like a paper clip or something like that. And I don't even know why I do it, but it's just like, this seems like something like that just to the 10th degree. Yes, absolutely. We all have those fidgets that we have, whether it's slime or a poppet or paperclip, like you said, Jeremy, but even adults use these things and help with distraction and keep them, um, their mind focused on something else when they might be in a stressful meeting or in a podcast. (laughs) I've got a pencil in my hand right now. So there you go. Um, And so this does someone schedule this kind of appointment uh how is it how would it be different like i imagine there's some people that just come in they do the vaccine and bing bang they're gone what would kind of trigger or prompt you to take more of this um, sensory vaccination approach yeah so 
there's two ways. Um, some of our clinics are starting up specific sensory vaccine clinics to attend. So you might see those in your local community being advertised. So if your um, child or younger teen has some of these sensory disorders, getting them on that list to calling our clinic that is hosting that to get them set up and have them be able to use these tools. The other thing is that when a person comes into the clinic for their well-child visit and they do have sensory processing issues, um, we can go get our bag, go get our bag of goodies so that we can help that patient at that specific time. So it's that communication between the parent, the medical assistant and the provider to letting them know if they already don't know to be aware of like, I would like to try the sensory vaccine process. Well, and that I'm, you're kind of almost like, uh, the, you're explaining some of the benefits of having a, um, a primary care provider that knows you. So like that kind of like, Oh, the vaccine's coming up. I know Jimmy, Julie, Mm -hmm. whoever, like, I think maybe we might want to like put this into place before they come in for this vaccination. Yeah, absolutely. Our team does a lot of pre-visit planning, which we look at all of those diagnoses and determine if they need special assistance or if they need a different approach to care that specific day. So it's definitely a positive to have your primary care provider know what's going on and your primary care team knowing you as a patient and what would benefit most from you. Um, And then we can get that ready the day of. Yeah. And so when you're in the room as a provider yourself, mm-hmm. um, it might, I'm going to guess it's going to be nice for you to know that this bag exists Yes, of these tools that we talked about, because you're going to know, like you, it's your job. You can feel it when a kid walks in or somebody walks in like, Ooh, this isn't that you, you can sense their feeling and you know, like, Oh, I have these sunglasses, a stress ball and stuff that I can help them out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, our goal is to get our whole medical all of our medical teams aware of these this process. So in the future, all of our providers, all of our MAs, all of our RNs will know that these do exist in all of our medical clinics. So they can be used mm. and they can be used for any patient that might need them. Um, so, so yeah, our goal is to make it available to all of our patients. So this is me thinking out loud here and we might not have to scratch this out, but like maybe we could get a picture of all this stuff and put it with the podcast so people could see this bag of tools. Yeah, I think maybe that's it a great idea. already? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I'll mark that. I'll write that down to do Perfect. later. Okay. <laughs> Note to self. Noted. Yes. Right. Um, so let's say someone's listening to this and they might not be able to access a sensory um, vaccination. What are some, is there some advice you could give to a parent, like knowing that a child is going into a vaccination and they're not, they don't have this kind of system. Mm -hmm. What, what is something a parent could do or what advice would you have to kind of prep that child for that vaccination? Yeah. Um, you can, purchase your own fidgets or use the fidgets that kids have at their own house because every kid these days seems like they have some type of fidget. Um, Having them bring it in with them to the appointment so that they can play with it during that. Um, You can get the buzzing bees off of Amazon if that's something that you feel is necessary. Same thing with a simple cold pack. You could bring that with to the appointment and have the help, the staff can help you apply that to the spot where the injection is going to go so that way it kind of numbs that area. 
you you can buy all of these things at your local Walmart or might even have them laying around like broken old sunglasses like that is something that kids love because they get to play dress up and you know wear them and mm-hmm. act cool bring them along with too um use band-aids like explain to them about you know you might get a band-aid after if they have that fear of that band-aid um just to kind of talk it through but so each parents they're gonna of course know their child they know like what things are gonna calm them down and mm-hmm. they shouldn't be apprehensive about bringing those to a doctor's appointment absolutely not I have given vaccines to kids on their iPads, tablets, listening to music, all of those things, anything that helps calm calm that nervous system down to make them relax. We are all for it. And the a benefit of this is that, well, here I'm going to just write, I wrote this, this is number five. Okay. If someone, anyone has a bad experience at a health appointment, I think we could agree that they're, they're less likely to go to another one. Absolutely. 100%. And, and we want to make that experience better. So, because if you don't, if your child doesn't want to go to their doctor's appointment, they're not going to be able to get their vaccines that are needed. They're not going to be able to get the flu shot that they need to stay healthy. Um, So our goal is to make it as most pleasurable and and less traumatic for the patient as possible. So like I said, if you, if a patient comes into the room and is on their on this phone, that mom, dad, brother, sister, somebody gives them and they are content, I will let them stay on that phone while we give that vaccine because taking away that item is going to cause a lot more anxiety and a lot more behavioral problems versus let's just try to give it while he's watching or she's watching. Mm. So we want in a place where they feel comfortable and then that they can bring these things so that they can get through their well child visit and the vaccines. Well, and then it's not even going to just be like vaccines, of course, an important thing. And that's kind of what we're talking about here today. But, um, you know, like if you have a bad experience at any appointment, you know, coming back for anything, you know, like, you know, an annual checkup, Mm -hmm. it's just going to make it that much more difficult. And, and it's something we all, we, we all need to do. Right. Exactly. We all need to have our wellness exams and get checkups. And so providing that safe space for our patients where they, they get their stickers, they get their books, they get all of those things at the end. That's what we try to do to be like, you might not have had you might have had to have a vaccine, but guess what? We're going to make sure that we give you and reward you for that and for coming in and knowing that when now when you come, you might get a sticker or a book. So that's one way how we use to kind of put the icing on the cake at the end of the visit. And so have needles gotten smaller or have I, have I just gotten tougher? I think you've just gotten tougher, Jeremy. No, I don't. I mean, I like, is it like... I mean, it used to be kind of a big deal. Has there been like a change in needle technology over the years? Like, do they continue to try to make it a more pleasant experience? So I don't necessarily know. So I want to step back a quick. So some vaccines require to be put in different spots on the body. So some is what we call in the fat tissue. Some we call in the muscle tissue. So if we're going into the muscle with some of our vaccines and our injections, 
we have to go a little bit deeper. So sometimes those needles need to be a little bit longer to get to that muscle in order to work properly. So those ones, we still have to use that long needle because we have to get it to the right spot for that vaccine. Um, The other ones where we get it into the fat, we can use those smaller, tinier needles because we're just going into that fatty layer of the skin. Um, So that is a little bit easier for kids. But the ones that tend to hurt most and have most of those side effects are the ones that go into that arm Mm -hmm. because it's going into the muscle. So that's where you're going to get your sore muscle, your sore arm, some injection site pain because that vaccine is in the muscle tissue and that's causing some of that irritation and causing it to be somewhat painful for whoever gets them. Got it. And and we're... um this is, we're, we're mostly kind of talking about COVID vaccine, the flu shot. I, I don't know. Sorry, I should have done a little research, I guess. When do children receive like more like the traditional vaccination? Yeah. So newborns have to get vaccines right off, off the bat. So that's something that we do at their one month, three month, six month checkup. Um, some of the more like the MMR, which people are really aware of, parents are aware of, that usually is first given at the six month well-child visit, um, and then subsequently after that. So kids experience vaccines from the time they're born to through that elementary process. Um, and then once you kind of hit the elementary school age, it kind of tapers off a little bit, but then you're looking at your yearly vaccines, like your flu vaccine and all your COVID vaccine, um, things like that. So, And I don't know if this is a wire I want to touch and you can, um, but like there's uh, a little bit of uh, COVID or not COVID, excuse me, vaccination hesitancy is uh, it's, it's a real thing right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. It is. Um, So, and especially now with the flu, the COVID, the RSV vaccine, all of those things are highly recommended. But again, you'd want to have that conversation with your primary care provider to make sure that you're getting the right dose and the right, um, the right vaccine. Because for the COVID vaccine, if you haven't gotten a previous COVID vaccine, you might be have to, you might have to go on a stepwise approach for that vaccine. So that's why it's really good to talk to your primary care provider before you go ahead and do that. So, you know, you're getting the right vaccine. Mm-hmm. And, um, so in your, in your career in the medical field, um, this is kind of a new thing. It feels like to me, this kind of sensory awareness, is it, and maybe it's just new to me or like what's kind of bringing it on or like how, what, give me a little bit of the origin story. Yeah. So I also agree that this is a relatively new concept for myself. I think it's great. Um, but how North Lakes got brought into it is the autism society reached out to me about a year and a couple months ago. Um, they were really interested in promoting these sensory vaccine clinics in Northern Wisconsin. Um, so because we are a federally qualified healthcare center and we had so many locations, they thought we would be a great spot to help promote this in the Northern region. So they reached out to me and we tried to do it last year, but it was on a such short notice that they wanted it done. Um, and so it just didn't work out. So we had a discussion about next year, which is now this year, when the flu and the COVID vaccine and kids come into school for their vaccines, we were going to try to push it at this time of year. Um, So we kind of got a team together back in May. We started working through this, thinking about different processes um, and different ways to approach this. 
we worked closely with the Autism Society. They're helping support us. Um, they help advertise it as well. So we're just trying to make a push now to make it more aware that it's available here in our northern part of Wisconsin. And you touched on this a little bit, but you can see it kind of maybe expanding into other um, things other than vaccinations. Absolutely. Um Vaccinations, it could even other just different procedures at medical clinics. Um, you could even see it in the dental clinics, probably, where using different techniques on when you have to do some numbing for a tooth extraction or a cavity, how can we implement that into our other modalities here at North Lakes? Absolutely, it's definitely something that would benefit all of our patients. What's what's it like as a, as a professional to like see this happening? I would think it would be very exciting. Yeah, I'm actually super excited about this process, this whole this whole concept. Um, it's I love the project. I love that what it's what we're trying to do as a clinic and as an organization for our patients um, because it is very traumatic trying to see some of these kids get vaccines and how much they resist. And if we can find a way to even reduce that by 10%, like that is more than nothing. And maybe if we can look at it each visit, reducing it by 10%, like that is huge. Um, and can set them up for long-term success with not only themselves, but like their health in general. So I'm super excited. Sure. I, well, you know, just, I can't like, to be someone that needs to stick a needle into a screaming kid, that has not, that can't be fun. No, I, I have had to do it to my own kids. I oh, mean, uh -huh. my oldest is terrified of needles and he, he breaks out in a cold sweat. He gets pale. He just fights you tooth and nail to get these done because he doesn't want them to be done. And it's, it's not pleasant. So and there's got to be parents out there that are just like, this isn't worth it to me right now. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. I, I do see them, I do see those patients, those parents that are like, I, I just don't want to put my kids through that. So it is a conversation that's really involved with your primary care provider about your concerns for you that you have for your child in regards to getting vaccines. Because even if it's just one vaccine at a time, that's better than no vaccine or flu shot or COVID shot. What do you try to tell to these parents about how, what, what advice can you give them to like, because uh, what, so there you go. There's my question. <laughs> yeah. So it's just really breaking it down with the parent about what is the true concern and what, what is the child's worst fear? Like if it is vaccines. So let's talk about different ways that we can accommodate that. Yes, we explain the importance of vaccines, but if a parent is set on not doing it, we have to figure out why the parent is set on not doing it and figure out how we can help them and meeting them where they're at in that aspect. So some parents may be worried of giving three vaccines at one time. Okay, well, let's break that down. We can only, we can do one and then offering different tools like we have here. Um, also, you know, sometimes we have these conversations in pre-ops and we discuss a pre-op is a physical prior to surgery. So is there a way that we could give this vaccine maybe when the child is asleep? You know, kind of looking at different options and different avenues to help the kid, the child or the patient not feel so, so scared. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. Well, and maybe if, uh, you know, a parent had a bad experience 
getting shot or medical thing that then, you know, like mm-hmm. they're probably apprehensive themselves. Yeah. We also, too, um, are starting off a new service here um, called the Behavioral Health Consultant. So this can be a tool that our providers can use for patients that are worried or nervous or scared about vaccines. And what that can do is that um, Behavioral Health Consultant will work through ways to help calm you through different modalities, different techniques, breathing techniques, guided imagery, things like that to really help you during that process. So it can be for the middle-aged teen, it can be the younger kids, all of those things. So um, I can see this like really expanding. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I know here within our organization, we talk about, you know, we do have some peer support specialists, you know, that kind of like walk hand in hand with people going through recovery. But I've also, and this is just me a fly on the wall. I've heard like, wow, that'd be cool to like kind of make that go everywhere, like for everybody to have that. Mm-hmm. And this just seems like one example of that. Yeah. And uh, do you see that like expanding more? I mean, I'm, I don't want to say that this is what North Lake's going to do in the future, but as a professional in the business, like what what do you see the future bringing? Yeah, I I think it definitely could be used in the future. Right now, it's really provider driven. So what would be helpful is if that peer support specialist or the people that don't have direct access to that right now meets, talks to that primary care provider to get them in maybe with the BHC to help them with some of their anxiety and some of their struggles that they're having right at that present moment. Um, Ideally, yes, it would be great for everybody to have this training, but there's only a few right now because it is linked with some type of a counseling therapy session, which that's the the therapist is the one that helps with those techniques to get them through that specific situation. Yeah. And so in in our, in our, our mission is to provide integrated care. Yeah. It's in there. And this feels like a real big part of that. Yeah, absolutely. Or could be a big part of it. Absolutely. It's it's a new way of thinking too. It's a way to get somebody relief very quickly in a short period of time and not having to wait six weeks or four weeks to come back and see somebody to work on their fear of needles or vaccines or sensory problems or even just as simple as smoking cessation or weight loss, things like that, that we can, that therapist can address very quickly. And, um... What's that like for you as a professional, like to like work in a kind of environment like, you know, somebody says, hey, let's do this like this thing. And, you you know, like you get to do it. Yeah. What's that like? I think it's awesome. Um, It fits my personality. I love to be immersed in a whole bunch of things. And so what I really love about North Lakes is just like you said, the integrated care. I've never worked at a place where everybody is under one roof and we have so many services that we can offer our patients, whether it's the sensory vaccine that we're clinic that we're doing or this BHC model that we're just rolling out this week. Um, Our community health workers like North Lakes is meeting the patient 100% right where they're at and working with the patient to get them through whatever their concern is. Well, and I'm, I'm I'm not saying that other places don't do it, but it's like, it's pretty neat to work in a place where someone would say like something, somebody like the autism society would say like, Hey, could you pilot this program about, you know, sensory friendly vaccinations? And I think 
we're like, yeah, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like not throw it on the pile. Yeah, absolutely. More the better, I think. And like, I look at it as a way of helping these patients because I, it is such a need for, especially that younger population um, of just getting them to understand that vaccines aren't bad. They're good. They will keep you healthy and keep you safe. And so it, how can we get you through that initial injection so that you know that it's not that bad that in the long run, it's going to help you and benefit you and keep you healthier. And have you been part of discussions with parents when you kind of t- explain to them that this is happening, that we're going to do it? Um, and I'm leading it. Hopefully I'm going to ha- they're going to say like, they're very excited that this is happening. Yeah. So we're in that phase right now of just having that open communication with patients and parents about getting it, the awareness out to it. I would hope in a year that you'll hear this and you'll be like, oh, North Lakes does this. I want to bring my child or my young adult to North Lakes so that they can be, we can use this mechanism, this technique. And starting out this way, I imagine it'll open uh, doors up for other things where we're more sensory aware. Yeah. And the other thing that I feel this really touches on for North Lakes is our direction that we're going with trauma-informed practices. Um, That was one of our goals for this sensory vaccine clinic is to make our staff more trauma-informed, that not everybody has great experiences. We have to make those experiences the best that we can with the tools that we have. So I'm really excited for it to help lead that as well in our community. I know what you're talking about when you say trauma-informed care, but... Can you explain that just a little bit more? Yeah. So we as healthcare professionals understand that there is experiences that have bad outcomes and people go through trauma throughout their whole life. And so we don't know what people's trauma is at or where it's at or what they've experienced. So our goal is to make their experience as pleasurable and as less traumatic as we possibly can. So a prime example would be the vaccines. A patient has has had their first round of vaccines and all they remember is being held down, screaming, and all the pain that was instilled during this. So now that patient has developed trauma related to a vaccine. So our goal is to be aware of that trauma that that patient experienced and how can we help that patient with that experience. So it's not so traumatic for them moving forward. Mm-hmm. And so by using these tools and the, this technique, we're hoping that that will be more informed for those patients and provide better care. And if you are uh, tuning into this podcast alone, the one I recorded before this is with Jane Moker and it's all about trauma. So if you're interested, uh, go back, cl- click back one <laughs> and uh, a whole nother conversation about trauma right there. Perfect. Did I hit it okay? Yes. Yes, for sure. <laughs> um, I feel like we've covered everything. Is there anything else that I did not cover? Yeah, I think kind of what I just would like to touch on is what what can this child expect during this visit in, in like a bigger picture? So um, all of our staff is actually does a training with the Autism Society to be able to do this. So you as a parent know coming into it that your nurse or medical assistant has been trained to do this type of injection for your child. 
We also offer, one thing we forgot to mention is we offer a story prior to the vaccine. And it's a story about, talks about a patient or a child that goes through the process of a vaccine. And that on, at the end of it, everything works out. So it kind of makes the child aware of what to expect in a more childlike way that they can understand. And so they go through that video or that book and then they come to the room and the room is usually, our goal is to try not to make it an exam room, trying to bring it somewhere else within the clinic. So that way they're not linking that specific vaccine or that specific OWIE with that room. Hmm. So putting them in a different space kind of makes a safe space when they come back to that medical clinic or that med medical visit. So our goal is to find somewhere else to do that within the space. That just makes so much sense. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so when we get in there, when that patient gets in there, um, the goal is to have some soothing music. Sometimes the lights are dim, just to kind of create a less stimulating environment. Um, and it's done at the pace of the child. So normally a person that does not have any sensory disorders or sensory processing um, disorders, it's usually like a 10, 15 minute visit. So we've allowed it at least 30 minutes for this process to happen. So the child, the parent, the staff doesn't feel rushed. So we can go at that own pace. So using all the tools, the staff will go over the tools with the patient. They'll pick out what they want, use ice packs if needed, and then administer the vaccine. And then they'll kind of hang around for a few minutes afterwards to continue to play with the fidgets or whatever it may be, just to allow them to be like, it's not a one and done kind of deal. Like we want you to stay here and feel comfortable with what you, your surroundings here. And then at that point they can leave with the parent. Hmm. I love it. So, the, and thank you for saying that, you, you know, it's not just the autism society sent this bag of goodies. Yeah. They sent like they have, there's training that goes along. Mm -hmm. with it. Um, and just the boy, that idea, like creating a space that is just more comfortable. Like, yeah, because we all know, like, I, I'm, I think I can say you said exam room and, a, you know, an image went right into my mind, just like every listener, I imagine. Mm -hmm. And like to like change that whole perceptive mm -hmm. perception. Uh, brilliant. Yeah. So. Hmm. Um, thank you, Angela. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Um, I got one last question for you. All right. Let's see what I can do. Um, what's in your car right now? What is in my car? Oof. So I have two kids. There's a few sweatshirts. There, there are some Halloween decorations and probably a lunchbox. <laughs> nice. Well, Angela Lund, thank you so much. It's really nice to talk to you. Yeah. Um, and uh, boy, I'm really excited for this to kick off and um, we'll talk to you soon. Awesome. Thanks, Jeremy. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you for sharing all of that information, Angela. Um, if you look in our show notes, there is some information uh, from the Autism Society about how to make a vaccination experience easier and lots of other great information from that group. Uh, check it out. North Lakes Community Clinic is a community health clinic with locations throughout the northern part of Wisconsin. Learn more about what we do and who we are by visiting our website, nlccwi.org. Our vision for the future is healthy, prosperous, engaged communities where everyone thrives. 
I'm Jeremy Oswald and I work for North Lakes in the marketing department. By leaving a comment about the North Lakes podcast, you help others discover it. Thank you in advance for doing that and thanks for listening. We will return soon with another episode of the North Lakes podcast. This particular episode uh, has been supported by and is supported by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, uh, CDC, of the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, HHS, as part of a financial assistance award by CDC HHS. The contents are those of the author and do not necessarily represent the official views of nor an endorsement by CDC HHS or the U.S. government. Thank you for the funding, CDC and HHS. It's great to have you part of the North Lakes podcast. Have a great day.